0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot 2.0 goes well with both red and white and is perfect with the workout of your choice. Our hosts are Aaron Berlin, a former Kansas Jayhawk who believes the Orlando Magic will win the championship. Eventually. (laughs) His partner is Otto Strong, a man who has covered the NBA since before Dennis Rodman got his first tattoo. Fellas? Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Catch and Shoot 2.0. Uh I am Otto Strong sitting in the chair. Al and my co-host this week is going to be Bruce Bernstein, as Aaron Berlin is off. Bruce, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Otto. Uh hopefully all is well in your corner of the world. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, the world is a different place these days, isn't it? Uh, you know, uh, was it what last Wednesday we were watching NBA games settling in for uh, for a night of uh, what was going to be a pretty good contest and uh, and then we then we, uh, we saw that Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus. what? And then another player, Donovan Mitchell, the next day. and it just it just thinks to just I mean, it's been insane ever since. Well, as
0: we were briefly discussing before we started rolling on the show here, Um, he really was the first Rudy Gobert really was the first domino Uh, once Rudy Gobert tested positive and uh, the NBA uh, commissioner, Adam Silver, and those who advised him made the decision to uh, wave the white flag on the season for the next month. uh, That's when everything else followed. So in many ways, you know, the NBA was sort of, uh, you know, uh, showing leadership in the world of sports uh, in some ways.
1: Right. So you, so I feel like we, had, we were in one stage, in one kind of place, uh, heading into Wednesday night. And between Wednesday night and, and then what happened the next day with uh, conference tournament, uh, college basketball tournaments being suspended, and then that led way to other college uh, non-basketball uh, events being uh, suspended and then ultimately the NCAA uh, suspending its tournaments and Major League Baseball and everything that has happened since. But, but going back to Wednesday night, it felt like we were in one place heading into that, uh, that announcement about Rudy and then in another place since then. Everything about the news cycle since the you know,
0: dam broke last week has been minute by minute changes just about. I mean, every single thing, that it, it's almost like an earthquake be beneath our society's feet because just when you feel like you might be ready to get your balance again, something else huge happens and you're knocked off Uh, off balance yet again and I think the very nature of this that's so frightening for so many people is that we don't really have any kind of like an end date and especially those of us who are such sports people we always know that the game is going to have a beginning and then it's going to have an end and we know about how long it's going to be and we're going to have a result at some point and it's going to be a win a loss a tie some sort of resolution but this thing isn't like that. We have no idea when it's going to end. We don't know what the resolution's going to be. and I think the uncertainty of it all is what has everybody so on edge
1: hey bruce let let me let me ask you this you are the You are the Jedi master when it comes to uh, working nBA and NBA finals and things like that you've You've been doing it for 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 many a year. I'm not going to disclose how many years, but you've been doing it a long time. What do you looking into your your crystal ball, what do you think? would be an appropriate step for the, the league to take at this point. I know knowing we don't know a lot, but you know, we are aware of what the calendar is and, and the, you know, how much time it takes to, to, to start games and restart games. What, what do you, what do you think will happen the rest of the way? One of the things
0: that's an underrated aspect of all of this thing is that um You have hockey concurrently having the same issues that the NBA has. And a lot of what the, when the people make the schedule at the beginning of the year, shout out to Tom Corelli and his crew in in, uh, New Jersey, a lot of what they have to factor in is the other sports that kind of play in the same arenas as the NBA teams. In some cases, it's the NHL. In some cases, it's college. So there's going to be some of that, but let's just assume that that all gets worked out the way they do going into the season. Although, you know, midstream, I'm sure it's going to be a lot tougher. But the main thing is, I think, we have to get the the, the societal health under control. Nothing really needs to happen until that is sort of secure. Uh, sports needs to know its place. And right now, sports's place is to sit this one out, let society heal itself, and and establish, you know, firm ground, as far as our ability to function as a society, and then worry about that. As far as I'm concerned, they've played about two-thirds of the games of the regular season when the the season ended. Uh, If they had to freeze the standings at this point and say, all right, we think we can get a playoffs together. Uh, We'll start it, you know, June 1st or whatever. I think they've had enough regular season games in the books where they could use that and launch the playoffs based on that. Nobody right. who's no—I don't think there's too many people out of the playoffs as of now that are would be getting into the playoffs if they played 20 more regular season games. To- a couple to- of exceptions.
1: To- totally with you with regard to society. I mean, you know, sports is is at best you know fun and a nice diversion, and, and no way does it supersede anything. I guess I was only thinking of it from from an NBA lens, and you know what would a what would a, a postseason or playoffs so or the rest of the season look like? Um, you know, for for my money, I believe that they have played enough games. Uh, you, it'd be odd to have, uh, you know, again realizing it's secondary to to the primary and getting society back on track. But assuming that will take care of itself at some point. Just talking about the NBA as a as an element uh, within that, um, it'd be it'd be hard to see um, you know, having two months off and then going straight to playoffs and you know, there'll be some kind of a ramp up time. And and that also assumes, you know, they, they work out their scheduling um, an arena, arena, you know, situation, but, um, but it's, it's, it's going to be a, a, a bumpy ride for, for the next uh, couple of weeks or months. But uh, since we're talking playoffs and since, since we had mentioned playoffs, kind of a slight segue here to uh a big story in the in the world of sports, uh, that being Tom Brady basically saying that he's not going to be back with the Patriots. And um you before we got on the air, Bruce, you had some you had a, a parallel that you saw with regard to the Patriots and another franchise. Let you expand on that.
0: Well, I've thought for a long time, in fact, when I was at ESPN, I made this suggestion numerous times to different shows that I thought it would be really interesting to compare the San Antonio Spurs organization to the New England Patriots organization. There are many, many similarities in in how those organizations have functioned during their 20 or 15 to 20 years of dominance uh, over, you know, since the the turn of the century, pretty much. Um, And with Tom Brady now moving on, we're now going to get a chance to see how Bill Belichick handles life after Brady and compare it to how Greg Popovich handled life after Duncan. Um, the two franchises have a lot of similarities and, and, uh, as we've seen with pop, I mean, pop didn't become less of a coach because Tim Duncan retired, but his team certainly has less of a record, thus showing that, you know, it doesn't matter how great a coach you are. If you don't have talent, you're not going to probably win championships.
1: Mm -hmm. So, so are we saying here somehow that, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. So Tony Parker is Julian Edelman. Is that, is that, is that what we're saying here? Well, well, look, I mean, here's the thing. Pop
0: had Manu Ginobili, future Hall of Famer, and Tony Parker, future Hall of Famer, to kind of sort of ease the transition into whatever was coming next. But in basketball, that's so much easier, right? Because the number of key guys on your team is like one-fourth the number of key guys on a football team, right? So – Whereas Julian Edelman, and I think I also mentioned Devin McCordy, and then there's other guys like Matthew Slater, the special teams whiz, who's in the Pro Bowl every year of his career. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to be, you know, analogous. I'm thinking more in terms of, I had certain tent posts for each of the franchises that I thought you could have, there were comparable things. So I'll, I'll tick through them really quickly. Stability of ownership. Peter Holt, Robert Kraft, both have owned the teams forever. Cranky media-hating coach, Greg Popovich, Bill Belichick, still there. Unselfish, beloved by his teammates, superstar, Tim Duncan, Tom Brady. Um, And then a number of championships, six in 19 years, five in 16 years, roughly the same fraction, if you were, it's a little bit different. And then it's funny, I used to work with Bruce Bowen. And Bruce used to say, you know, Pop would always talk about KYP, KYP. What's KYP? Know your personnel. I said, oh, well, we know that Bill Belichick also had an acronym, DYJ, do your job. So these were the things that I thought were sort of like, oh, you know, some similarities along the the foundation of what their success has been built on. So we'll see what's next for uh, uh, Bill Belichick. Patty Mills ain't walking through that door, Belichick. (laughs) From the leadership of Greg Popovich and Bill Belichick to current examples of leadership around the NBA, not only from franchises, but from individual players, we've seen some guys that have done some very admirable things, haven't we, Otto?
1: Yeah, in the last couple of days, uh, Kevin Love being the first here. Uh, donating a hundred thousand uh, dollars to assist with uh, uh, folks who are going to lose income uh, as a result of uh, the the work stoppage for for coronavirus. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, another one uh, comes to mind. Mark Cuban, uh, Dan Gilbert, uh, and then there's Zion Williamson. I mean, you got a nineteen year old kid, you know, just you know, just got into to New Orleans, uh, not his city, uh, really. You know, yet hasn't really taken ownership of the city in terms of you know. Yeah, he hadn't even have probably enough time to move into a place or find a place, and here he is saying that he's going to um, uh, cover uh, the employee salaries uh, through whatever period of time that they're going to need coverage. I mean, it's a tremendous act by uh, by uh, by by great great uh, young talent. At times of
0: crisis, leadership at any level is needed. I mean, of course, we would all look to political leaders first at a time like this. But in our own situations, in our own families, neighborhoods, towns, whatever, we're all capable of showing leadership in our own way. I'm not patting myself on the back here because I'm sure I'm not the only person who's done this, but we have a couple who lives across the street from us that are in their 70s. And yesterday I went out to the grocery store. So I reached out to her and I asked her, is there anything I can pick up for you at the store? And she was so grateful she's there. Bruce, we have the best neighbors. She's there. And she mentioned one of our other neighbors by name and said, Uh, Tom had asked me about that. Thank you so much for thinking of us. And I think what we're seeing with Zion Williamson here is a really beautiful example of somebody who's just got a good moral compass, a good conscience, who's exerting leadership in a very, very big way on a very big stage. And he's 19 years old. And there is so many people that could learn so much from this young guy, Otto. I mean, he is, I, as I said on Mike Wise's show, the one we did a few days ago, I am now his fan for life.
1: <laughs> uh, me, me too. Now, there's another guy who also donated a uh, or pledged a certain sum of money. I believe it was 500000 uh, And That's a guy that we talked about earlier in Rudy Gobert. And you wonder, what if will history view him the same way? Uh, given the fact that prior to all of this, uh, he was seen um touching the mics, touching the touching the table shortly after as he got up to, to from an interview, um, and he was clowning around in the locker room and hugging guys and trying to get trying to you know get in guys' face and and you you wonder, well, how so how history how will history view Rudy Gobert?
0: I think as far as fitting into the you know brotherhood of the jazz moving forward. I'm thinking that Rudy Gobert has got to have an awful lot of one-on-one meetings with every one of his teammates. And he has to really try and make amends for this. Now, look, I don't think there's a single person who believes that he had any ill intentions when he was doing what he did. He was just, he was being goofy and kind of careless and flippant and, you know, not really taking things seriously as, as he should have. But at the same time, uh, he lives and works in one of the most conservative areas of the entire United States. So while I think he'll probably be able to mend fences with his teammates, um, will he be able to be beloved by the fans, also known as the customers, also known as the people who essentially pay the Utah Jazz organization's bills, Uh, that's going to be a little bit of a more difficult question I think. I mean, Otto, what do you think? Do you think they may need to trade him eventually simply because of they just have to? I mean, how do you feel about it?
1: Well, I'll I'll say Rudy to me if you watch the tape seems to me to be the like like I said earlier there were it feels like there were two uh versions of this story or two or two episodes if you will. There's the prior to the nba shutting down and then after the nba you know shutting it down or being the, the organization that started what i believe to be started kind of us taking as a country taking it much more seriously than than we did prior to so i don't think that people i mean people may grouse now i'd like to think that once we move beyond this uh assuming that we will at some point and not to just in the future people will not um you know hold him personally responsible for the downfall of western society i mean i don't think that's that's where where we're going um but at at the same time uh he he will be he will be giving some very nice um holiday gifts uh this year i would imagine as as a way to, to kind of acknowledge the fact that uh you know, that a wrong has been committed. And hey, he he he's a young guy. He could learn he could learn from, from things as we all as we all can. And I expect that he will get that benefit. But I I will say, I think we can combine I am th- gonna say this. Without a doubt, Rudy Gobert gets our bruh of the week. We <laughs> could agree on that, would would you not? <laughs> bruh. Hey, listen, I I think you know, when
0: it comes to a situation like this your sort of reputation prior to this goes a long way in sort of determining how you'll be accepted or not accepted moving forward. Rudy Gobert, by all accounts, was always a classy guy, a good teammate, a nice person. Um, And so that should mitigate in his favor. Um, And I hope that it does, because I never really felt anything other than sort of horror at that whole thing. Not not so much anger at him, but just like like we said, bruh, what are you doing? you know so hopefully uh his his extreme generosity in the you know aftermath of this, I mean half a million dollars donated i mean that's a that's a lot more than I've heard uh you know, I mean, I think Steph Curry's donation might have exceeded that, but I haven't heard any other ones that were bigger than that, so hopefully you know he is it's clear that he's remorseful, hopefully he can reconcile with his teammates and i would imagine they know him better than anybody and they'll be the ones you know uh i think that that will accept him and and hopefully uh you know help us move on i mean do we want to mention that column that i saw last week somebody uh, i believe it was stefan Bondi, who is daily news right auto new york daily news is that who Bondi's with I'm not positive but either he did this article or he tweeted an article from somebody else about how Rudy Gobert was almost like the canary in the coal mine for this whole thing. Once Rudy's thing happened, everything else kind of followed. And who knows, he might have inadvertently saved a whole lot of people's lives and, and prevented a whole lot of people from being becoming sick.
1: Hey, so Bruce. So on a lighter note, um, obviously we're we're not watching NBA, but but we're all sitting in front of our TVs. We're 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 uh, trying to trying to pass the time with some distraction of some type. What do, what are you watching these days? To uh, you know catching up with something or binging a show.
0: Well, besides
1: memorizing
0: the name of every anchor on CNN and every field reporter on CNN, I don't know any of the producers' names because they don't do credits. But one of the shows that I'm catching up on, I'm not really that far behind, is Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the episode that I, my wife Nancy and I watched the other night was uh, earlier in the season. Uh, Jeff was having his surprise birthday party thrown by his wife Susie, who's like the funniest person, I think, ever she's hilarious uh and uh chris martin from Coldplay was at the party and uh larry's cardiologist who happened to be jeff's cardiologist also was at the party and he's sort of like a you know uh what's the word for him you know he he would like to attach himself to the celebrity world a little bit so uh but and we're, we're my wife and i were watching and it was like who the hell is this guy he looks so familiar and it turned out that he was uh one of the lawyers from Ally McBeal, which I think hasn't been on TV for about 15 years, at least maybe more. Otto, what are you, what was your most recent TV binge?
1: So uh, I, I've been, I've been working a lot with, uh, with, with the Star-Telegram um, uh, ever since uh, what went down, went down last week. There have been, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, newsroom has kind of ramped up uh, working on stories and such. So, uh, there hasn't been that much time, but but it, it, when I do have a day off coming up soon, I I would very much want to get into a show. I feel horrible saying that I've never seen it. Homeland.
0: Wow. Uh, watched so, it for a number of years. It was it was it was terrific.
1: Yeah, and another one that I started and and stopped would want to get back to is the Ozarks because uh, uh Bateman is Bateman is crazy and, and I love everything that he's in, so I'm looking forward to getting back getting back to that. Uh, but those, those are, those are my, uh, those are my, 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 big two.
0: I think Ozark, the new season starts later this month or did it already start? And I missed it. I'm not sure. Cause I love that show. That show's great.
1: Yeah, I don't even know. Cause I'm, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah, we
0: gotta, we gotta, we gotta, We've been watching basketball all these years. Now we have to like reorient
1: to the real world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a problem. It's a problem. Okay, well, that's the show for this week. Thanks to everybody for listening to this edition of Catch and Shoot 2.0. I uh, want to thank um, my normal producer, but this week co-host, Bruce Bernstein, and uh, uh, we will see uh, Aaron Berlin in uh, uh, next week. also want to thank the producer, the man in the chair, because this is not CNN. We do acknowledge our producers, <laughs> so that would be Scott Turkin, of course, and it uh, goes without saying, uh, props to editor Ben Wolfen. And we'd like to remind all of you that even though there
0: are no games going on for the foreseeable future, Pure Hoops Media uh, is like a cockroach after a nuclear war. We're still crawling and we're still doing our thing. So check out all of our shows. You got the Mike Wise show every Monday. You have Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams, and they have Marcus Howard of Marquette this week, which is great. Um, As you mentioned, Catch and Shoot 2.0. Aaron will be back next week. Uh, Monica McNutt with Bucket Sports and Blocks will drop a new show each Thursday, and BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman with the Pure Hoops podcast—they'll drop a new show each Friday. Please rate all of our shows, review, and uh, give us a rating. But most of all, enjoy. See you next week, folks.
1: Captain Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.